Are you working? What kind of work do you do? You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik. Giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. Welcome in to the Halloween spooktacular edition of TSN Edge here on TSN 1050. It is Aaron Korolnik with you for the next hour. And man, what a weekend ahead in the National Football League. Some incredible games to take in on Sunday. And man, I can't wait to see some of the worst teams in the NFL, like the Dallas Cowboys, see what they can do against the Philadelphia Eagles as a double-digit underdog. That's right. If I told you at the beginning of the season the Dallas Cowboys would be a double-digit dog to the Philadelphia Eagles... You probably wouldn't believe me. You probably also wouldn't believe me if I told you the New England Patriots were four-point dogs at Buffalo. The New England Patriots have been favored in 30 straight games against AFC East opponents. And that streak will end this weekend with the Buffalo Bills favored by four against the Patriots. And unquestionably, the game of the week features the two top teams in the AFC North. It is the NFL's only undefeated team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're in Baltimore to play the Ravens. Now, this line, very fascinating. We're going to talk to Johnny Avello of DraftKings when he joins us in about 10 minutes about this. This line opened with the Ravens as six-point favorites. It was bet all the way down to three. Now it's met in the middle around four and a half in favor of Buffalo, or sorry, in favor of Baltimore, I should say. And Baltimore, of course, coming off the bye. Lots of relevant statistics about John Harbaugh teams coming off of buys. But Pittsburgh has been a machine all year long. So that's a game we'll get to and cover extensively throughout the evening. Dom Padula, the lead producer of TSN Edge, drops by for his regular Friday visit in about 30 minutes. And coming up at 7.45, in about 45 minutes' time, it's the degenerate duo of Al's brother and the grappler who join me every Friday for Pound the Table Picks of the Week. 6-0 and for the boys last week. And what better time to welcome in the empty suit himself, Al's brother. What is going on, my man? How are you? I'm feeling a little iffy about my picks this weekend, but we'll see. I shouldn't be, actually. I'm coming off a pretty good, solid weekend here on the edge. All three of us doing pretty good, eh? Finally. I mean, there's a a first time for everything. I think that's what the the old saying goes. But the boys on Overdrive, Hayes, Noodles, Jeff O'Neill, really going after you, Al's brother. And I know you're coming up big because I liked all of your picks. We'll recap those in a minute. But I want to get to... What's probably the least interesting game from a competitive standpoint, but perhaps the most interesting game from a gambling standpoint. Of course, talking about the 20-point spread, the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the winless and basically competitiveless New York Jets. It's in Kansas City, KC favored by 20 points. And you may be wondering, how can I possibly bet on the Jets? How could I possibly bet against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Well, Chris Jones, one of the star defenders for the KC Chiefs, a little bit optimistic about the play of Sam Darnold and others across the field on Sunday. That's a very good football team, Sam Darnold. Um, he doesn't get the credit, but he's a very, very good quarterback. And um, I think people tend to forget that because of their record. But they have guys out there, and they they play really well. They've been in a lot of close games. You can't take those guys for granted. They're, they're, that's a hell of a football team. 
Oh, I, I, it's almost a comment that is difficult to respond to because there are so many lies. If you have the Donald Trump lies, oh, he lies clip, you might want to cue that up, Al's brother. But is there any inclination you have when you look at this game, any edge for the Jets, any situation in which you can see them keeping it close on Sunday? No, other than the fact that it's a 20-point <laughs> spread? No. Like, there's yeah. not even a chance. The fact that he called them a, a good football team is just a flat-out lie. I mean, they are not a good football team. They have proven time and time and time again this year that when they have a chance to make a half-decent decision, they double down and make the entire, like, terribly wrong decision. Uh, and it, it, what's funny is last week they somewhat made it an interesting game against Buffalo. They came out in the first half and actually uh, the offense seemed to be working. They relinquished the the offensive play call and duties and gave it to the coordinator, mm-hmm. Adam Gase, giving up the reins. And it seemed to do something but then in the second half, again, it just went back to dud. I think Sam Darnold connected on like two passes for nine yards that entire second half. So if they are going, we'll see what they end up being. The first half against Buffalo or the second half against Buffalo and going up against a, a coach like Andy Reid, probably half number two. Four yards of total offense in the second half. And there are a number of injuries as far as a fantasy perspective, which will be very impactful when it comes to the Jets. And Al's brother, let's get to in, out, or iffy. In just a moment, we are going to get to in, out, or iffy, because there are a ton of issues in Fantasyland, including the New York Jets. Don't let an injury hurt your fantasy week. Know who to go with and who to sit. This is in, out, or iffy. All right, let's start with in. And as you heard on Overdrive, Al's brother back in the Vikings. They are plus six and a half against the Green Bay Packers. They will have their star running back, Dalvin Cook. He will be back after missing the previous game. Alexander Madison came in and put up a stinker. I'm sure Kirk Cousins and that entire offense thrilled to have Dalvin Cook back at running back. And he will be crucial, as you you mentioned, Al's brother, against the Green Bay Packers in what could very well be a game affected by weather. Out this week, Michael Thomas, and he's not the only Saints wide receiver who is out. Emmanuel Sanders and Marquez Callaway, ooh, I like the little music, also will be out. So if you have Michael Thomas, you've been stashing him since week one. Not the week to use him, that is for sure. A game we will focus on extensively this week, the Dallas Cowboys without Andy Dalton. He is doubtful against the Eagles, so it looks like Ben, the Italian stallion, Danucci will get the nod, his first career start. Probably doesn't bode well for Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and perhaps even Zeke Elliott. So you might want to consider alternatives there. You're, if you own Zeke, you're going to start him, but maybe don't expect what you expected at the beginning of the year. Debo Samuel for the Niners. They're taking on the pitiful Seattle Seahawks this week, at least defensively. And he's out, meaning Brandon Ayuk is a prime start. You could also look at Kendrick Bourne to replace that production. But Ayuk and Bourne are two guys you're going to want to consider with Debo out and a good matchup against the Seahawks. We talked about the Jets and their lack of offensive firepower. Jamison Crowder is out. Brashad Perriman is out, meaning you're going to see a lot of Denzel Mims. And if you're in a deep league, Denzel Mims is going to get a ton of targets from Sam Darnold. He was their second-round pick, and he is a quality option um, who will, I think, yeah, get a lot of looks from Darnold and could potentially put up a lot of yards as the Jets will almost certainly be trailing. 
Uh, Cowboys and Eagles, and Eagles running back Miles Sanders will not play. Expect a lot of Boston Scott, who was really good against the Giants and should be really good against the Dallas Cowboys, who have a terrible run defense. And finally, Aaron Jones, who missed last week with a calf, out again this week against Minnesota. Jamal Williams, you're going to want to plug him into play. As far as the iffies go, it's Chris Carson, probably the biggest iffy on the board because the Seattle Seahawks, he's been really good for them all year, and we know that Carlos Hyde is doubtful with a hamstring. So if Carson is indeed out, you might want to look at DJ Dallas, who may be the only or the last man standing in that Seattle backfield as far as fantasy production. It also looks more likely than not that Al Robinson will be sitting the star wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. He's been in concussion protocol all week long. That has been in, out, or iffy. Coming up next, it is Johnny Avello from DraftKings who breaks down the week eight slate and how are the New England Patriots getting only three and a half points against the Bills. That and much more coming up next on The Edge. Back here on The Edge, live on TSN 1050. We stream online, tsn1050.ca worldwide. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. On the line with us now is Johnny Avello. He is the Director of Race and Sports Operations at DraftKings. He is the man who is intimately involved with the setting of lines and dictating where they go week in and week out. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, Johnny. What's going on? Hey, Aaron. Things are real good out here in Las Vegas. Thank you. Well, I hope things are well in your area also. We're doing great. I would love to be in Vegas. It's one of my favorite places on earth because I love gambling. And a game that I am particularly fascinated in as far as the sports book consumption of the game is the Bills and the Patriots. We know the years, the decades of dominance for the Patriots seem to maybe coming to an end might be a little bit premature, but they are laying three and a half points at Buffalo this week. Can you run me through how sports books are looking at both the Patriots and the Bills at this point? Yeah, we actually opened this game four, uh, and we are currently at four. Um, the total is where a drop has really taken place. We opened up 46, we're down to 41. So that's a major drop for a total in pro football. You usually don't see that drop that much that often. Um, and, you know, you were mentioning how the Bills are, you know, trying to strengthen their, their hold in the lead uh, in the AFC East, and uh, that, that's what they'll do here if they can win this football game. Uh, but the Patriots haven't lost, you know, four games in a row. You have to go back a long time to find that. Yeah. And they've dominated this team. I mean, just totally dominated, won 15 out of the last 16. So it's a tough spot for the Pats, but – Cam Newton played awful last week. He said he played awful, and uh, you know I know he'd like to have a little redemption and, and have a much better game this week. Yeah, Cam's really struggled, and he'll be without his two top wide receivers this week. Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman will not play, and it looks like the two top corners for the Patriots will also be out with Stephon Gilmore and J.C. Jackson. So things getting tougher and tougher, and if there's ever a week that's going to test the medal of Bill Belichick, it could very well be this one. I need to ask you about the Dallas Cowboys, a very public team traditionally, but... They're 0-7 against the spread this season. The first time they have ever started 0-7 against the spread. And now they are 10.5-point dogs against a team 
that isn't particularly good either in the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you make of that number and the concept of Ben DiNucci starting definitely factored into that line, I imagine? Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, you know, this thing would have probably been, uh, you know, closer to a pick'em actually with, with uh, you know, keep Dallas at full strength. But uh, we opened at six and a half. We're up to ten and a half. And Dallas has just burned a lot of money, a lot of players' money this year. Oh, and seven against the number. And I said last week, I don't know if the players are going to play them anymore this year. And they're certainly not playing them this week right now. But it's really, it's, it's uh, kind of strange to see the number that high because if you go back and look at when these two teams meet, the spread is really over seven points. Uh, and this one has climbed up to ten and ten and a half and looks like it could possibly go higher. One thing about the Cowboys is don't what you saw last week out of the Cowboys, don't expect to see that this week. Ben DiNucci's not going to be throwing the ball down the football field at will. This is going to be more of a controlled game by them. They're going to try to keep the score low. They're going to try to use Zeke Elliott as much as they can. Uh, with that being said, you know, the Eagles are real good against the run and uh, tough on the quarterback on rushes. They have three uh, sacks. They got three and a half sacks per game. So it's a tough spot for the Cowboys, but this game could be a little bit closer than that line uh, indicates. Totally agree. Johnny Avello, the Director of Race and Sports Operations at DraftKings, is our guest here on The Edge. I am Aaron Karolnik, and I need to ask you about what's definitely the most fascinating game as far as competitive standpoint this week, and that is the Ravens and the Steelers. And this game, as far as the point spread, is moving all around. It opened around 5.5, 6, was bet down to 3, now sitting around 4.5. Why so much line movement early in this week uh, leading up to Sunday? Well, normally when these two teams meet, the spread's around three, uh, you know, and that's before, and that is before the Ravens found this, you know, this offense that they have now. Um, so this one opened a little bit higher, uh, you know, Ravens probably on a, you know, on a neutral field, they're rated higher than the Steelers are, although the Steelers are six and zero. This is good. This is a spot where the Ravens don't want to fall two games behind in a division. So. Uh, we opened five and a half. You're right. We're down as low as three and a half. Now bounce back up to four, which is a good sign. That tells me we're going to have some good two-way action and not all one-sided action, as it was for the first, uh, you know, four days or so of the wagering. Uh, appears to be a good game on paper. They usually are. This matchup usually turns into a good one, and I uh, wouldn't expect anything less here. Johnny, we're going to see Tua Tagovailoa make his first career start on Sunday, but he's playing the Rams. That's a tough matchup, really good defense led by Aaron Donald, who's a total machine. It's a interesting spot for Miami considering the travel that the Rams need to uh, go west to east. Of course, Miami's coming off of a bye. How did you guys come to the consensus with the Rams going off? I've seen four or four-and-a-half point favorites against Tua in his first start. We actually opened three and a half. We're still sitting at three and okay. a half. You know, and, and the Dolphins were just, they just won two, two, uh, in a row and they elect to start two at T, who's thrown like two passes, right? And so yeah. I don't know why they're pulling their quarterback this quick. I, I'm always, uh, I, I feel that in the NFL, the quarterbacks, unless you're in desperate need to have uh, somebody new, should just, behind someone, learn the system, and uh, when it's your turn, you'll 
get to jump in. Now, that w- that hasn't been the case for some others. Uh, you know, Burrow, that's not the case for him. That's not the case for Herbert. But that should have been the case here. You know, this is a tough spot to jump in because you're going against a really good defensive rush team uh, and overall just good at rushing the passer also. 90% of the money so far has been on the Rams, so I'm not going to be surprised to see this game that you mentioned four. Uh, we're not going to be surprised to see us move up north to four. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Hope the best of luck to two a T, but uh, not the most favorable spot to start have your first start. Johnny, where's the money coming in with regards to the Chiefs as 19.5, 20-point favorites hosting the Jets? The Jets are a dreadful football team. KC is the defending Super Bowl champion, but 20 points is a lot to lay against any team. Where are the public and more sharp bettors laying their wagers? Well, initially the sharp was on the plus 20.5, and they're down as low as 19. Now we're back up to 19.5. This game, even though it'll be bet pretty good in our network because we're in a lot of locations this i don't expect this to be one of the top uh handles on any all our games because of that spread uh the jets are awful last year last week was probably one of their better games but they don't score a lot but the fair is if you bet the chiefs they're up you know they're up 27 in the last quarter or last couple of minutes and then the jets come down and score a touchdown and you know blow the cover for the chiefs that's the fear with betting a big game like this and you can't lay the money line you can't lay 20 to win one so if you're going to bet the money line you'll take a chance and take the jets at 12 or 14 to one uh so that's the reasons why this game won't be one of our biggest betting handles of the week Johnny, DraftKings and Major League Eating have a new partnership, and tomorrow, of course, is Halloween. Can you tell us what the partnership's about and how people can wager on it? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, we, we're having this Halloween candy bowl. It's going to take place in Las Vegas at the Paris Hotel at the Beer Park, and it happens Halloween night. And these six eaters... Uh, are the top eaters in the country with Joey, in the world, I should say, Joey Chestnut. Everybody's familiar with Joey, the hot dog champion, uh, Nathan's hot dog eating champion every year. And everybody's familiar with Mickey Sudo. She's the ladies' top eating. And she's 15 to 1 to win this. Joey's 10 to 11. And Ooh. there's a lot of other good eaters in between. But what the premise of this is, is to eat six pounds of candy, one pound each of candy corn, Kit Kats, M&M's, Milky Way, Snickers, and Reese's, all within a six-minute span. Excuse um, me? And so... <laughs> six pounds? Six pounds of candy in six minutes. I mean, uh, I'm, so, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not astounded by any of, anything the Major League Eating people do anymore. I mean, I just... <laughs> It's just so remarkably impressive. You know, like Patrick Mahomes could go out and throw nine touchdowns on Sunday. I'd be less impressed with with than what uh, Mickey Sudo and Joey Chestnut do. Yeah, I know. So uh, it's, we're going to have some fun with this one. It's already been up. It's up in two states, up in Colorado. It's up in Indiana, and it's actually taking some wagers. Uh, good amount of wagers. Joey Chestnut grabbing uh, most of the money so far at 10 to 11. But then they're spreading it out. They are betting Mickey Sudo at 15 to 1 and Matt Stoney at 14 to 1. And, and we all know Matt Stoney. He's been around the eating competition for years, too, in hot dog championships. So another great, another fun event that we're, uh, you know, making odds on at DraftKings. 
Well, Johnny, if uh, the last couple of days has been any indication, I could also compete in a candy-eating competition because I've just been grazing on different assorted bars around my house and it needs to come to an end. Halloween can't come soon enough. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you. Johnny Avello from DraftKings. Hope we can do it again down the line. Thank you very much for having me on, and we will speak again. All right, beautiful. That is Johnny Avello. Johnny Avello, great handle, too. Director of Race and Sports Operations at DraftKings. He's the man down in Vegas setting the lines and making the money. On the subject of making money, Don Padula, the lead producer of TSN Edge, has been consistent in doing just that for you, our audience. And he joins me next here on The Edge. Is this better now, Al's brother? Give me a thumbs up if this is better now. I think it might be. Oh, it is. All right. Welcome back to The Edge here on TSN 250. <laughs> great track. Great track. I haven't heard this one in a while. Puts me in uh, some really good spirits. And you know what else puts me in really good spirits? Speaking to our next guest, as we do at this time every Friday evening, he is Dom Padula, the lead producer of TSN Edge. What's up, Dom? How you doing? I'm doing good. I was going to say, what puts you in a good mood? Is it Major League Eating? you got to fill me in. Like, what is Major League Eating, and how haven't I heard about it so far? So, you know, on, like, July 4th, like, Independence Day weekend, like, Coney Island in New York, they do the hot dog eating contest every year. I think that's part of Major League Eating. And Joey Chestnut and Miko Sudo, those are the male and female representatives who eat, like, 150 hot dogs or something absurd. And now they're doing Halloween candy. I think they're they're trying to eat six pounds in six minutes of, like, Reese's peanut butter cups or something. So, Look, I love my chocolate. I love Halloween. But when he was naming off everything that they had to eat, I just felt my stomach slowly get tighter. And I couldn't believe it. Like, is that even safe to eat that much sugar in that amount of time? I don't know, Dom. It is a little bit nauseating, but not as nauseating as the Dallas Cowboys quarterback situation. Uh, it's Ben DiNucci under center this week. If you don't know who Ben DiNucci is, you're not alone. Seventh-round pick from James Madison has never started an NFL game and probably won't ever start again after this week. What do you make of Dallas plus 10.5 at the Eagles, Dom? Well, I get 10.5. What I didn't get was 3.5 at the beginning of the week, and, like, I get it, like, the Eagles have not been a great team this year. This isn't, you know, I'm not excusing how poor they've looked at times. But, I mean, this Dallas team, with Andy Dalton last week, losing by 22 to Washington, go back a couple weeks, they lost by 28 to the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm sitting there on Sunday night, and I'm looking at the lines coming out for the week, and I'm seeing three and a half, with Andy talking in concussion protocol, and I'm thinking, what am I missing? And I know, you know, it's a division game. You know, there's a lot of hype, Eagles, Cowboys, NFC, Leafs, yada, yada, yada. But it's like you have a rookie seventh-round pick starting on the road against a division rival in primetime, and that offensive line is as banged up as it is. The Eagles defense, say what you want about Carson Wentz. The Eagles' defense are third in the NFL in sacks, and they're about to line up against this quarterback. I'm thinking, what is going on? So, I mean, three and a half, obviously, way too low. We saw it move to ten and a half. Uh, That makes a lot more sense. Uh, I'll be interested to see 
you know, if it moves even more um, before kickoff. But, yeah, I mean, you know, going with a rookie quarterback in this spot, I get it if it was, you know, a situation like in Miami where you have some of the pieces to support your guy. But this is a tough spot and a big ask for Danucci on the road. It is, and you mentioned the look-ahead lines on Sunday night, something I look at very closely as well. I'm looking at the line for next week's game, Houston at Jacksonville. It sounds like Gardner Minshew is going to miss the game, so it could very well be Mike Glennon at quarterback for the Jags. So you might want to get on Houston a little bit early if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, Don Padua, the lead producer of TSN Edge, is our guest here on The Edge, here on TSN 1050. And the game that I'm probably most excited to watch this weekend is the New England Patriots and the Buffalo. Bills. The Bills, three-and-a-half-point favorites against a Patriots team that has not been an underdog to an AFC opponent in 30 games, yet they are very much deserving of being the underdog on Sunday. How do you handicap this one, Dom? Yeah, you know what? This is another game where when I saw that opening line, I was, again, a little bit confused. And I get it. The Patriots have been really good for a really long time. And, and I get that, you know, the books and, and people playing this line, they're going to give the Patriots some respect. It's kind of like, okay, like they've done it for so long, eventually things are going to click. But if you just look at what they've done this season, there's no way I could personally back the Patriots, even getting three and a half points. And they're the biggest underdog. They've been in a divisional game since 2003, but three and a half, four, it still doesn't seem enough to me. And that's partly just because of, like, I know a lot of people are talking about Cam Newton and you know what? Good for Cam Newton for taking the brunt of the criticism on his shoulders and putting it on himself and saying, I need to be better. He does have to be better. But this big picture, if you look back to last season, this is something that I've been saying for a long time. It's an organizational problem for the Patriots. And I think people are finally starting to catch on. And look, Julian Edelman's out this week. Nikhil Harry could be out too. But even if those guys were in the lineup for New England, even if Edelman and Harry were to play, this is by far the worst receiver core in the NFL right now. Last year, it was Brady this, Brady that. He's too old. You know, he's done. They should have moved on from him by now. And this year, oh, yeah, the only quarterback with more touchdown passes than Tom Brady is Russell Wilson, and that's with all the injuries Tampa Bay's dealt with and without Antonio Brown. So to his credit, Cam shouldered most of the blame. Good for him. Um, but going into this game, man, if you're Sean McDermott and the Bills, what a spot to potentially get your first win over Bill Belichick's Patriots. I mean, the Patriots haven't looked this bad in a really long time. This is their chance to really – make a statement that this is their division, the AFC East. So, you know, looking forward to Sunday. I'd be interested to see if this line moves at all before Sunday. Right now, three and a half to me. I can't bet the Patriots at that number. Um, I'll be interested to see where it ends up and what happens in that game. Yeah, and you look at Stephon Gilmore, who's questionable at best to play. J.C. Jackson has been a stud at corner for the Pats this year as well. And I'm looking at their wide receiver core, man, and you you mentioned it. So we're looking at Damier Bird, um, Jacoby Myers, Matthew Slater has been a special teams guy for his whole career. Gunnar Olszewski looks like he'll be part of their team. Like, what is going on? Ryan Izzo is their number one tight end. Like, that, that offense is dreadful. 
Absolutely. And it kills me that people haven't. Like, this is something that's been going on for years. Last year, they, they, they rolled the dice. They tried to take a chance on Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown. It blew up in their faces. Then they tried to put a Band-Aid on it with Mohamed Sanu, which wasn't the right move. They've missed over and over in the draft. It's been an organizational problem for a very, very long time, and Brady was able to cover up a lot of that. And still, at the end of his tenure, he was the one that was blamed when they fell short, when really the guy had nothing to work with. And still you're seeing it. It's like, Oh, Cam Newton this, Cam Newton that. I get it. Cam Newton has not looked good. But give the guy a break. Look at who he's working with. Who would look good in this offense? Sounds like you think Bill Belichick, an overrated general manager. I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but that's something that I would certainly say at this point is appropriate. We've got to get your take on the Survivor Pool slate this week. It's week eight. Uh, we were all on Buffalo last week, and not surprisingly, they were able to beat the New York Jets. And this week, if you have Kansas City, you're using Kansas City. They're 20-point favorites against the Jets. Let's say you've used Kansas City already. Who are you leaning towards this week, Dom? Well, first of all, how how bad was that last week? Just sweating it out oh, with the Buffalo painful. Bills. I mean, we went all in, hashtag fade the Jets, against <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. I, I mean, I thought going into that game, this is, you know, easy money. We're just going to sit back and, and watch an easy win. And I'm seeing them kick field goal after field goal after field goal. I'm just thinking, please, please. Usually I hedge my bets and I'll, and I'll spread my picks around. Last week I went all in on the Bills. <laughs> it was more a bet against the Jets. But, yeah. man, did they make us sweat that out. Um, to your point, this week, yes, obviously if you have the Chiefs, I mean, that's a bye week. Um but you look at the rest of the slate. After what happened to me last week with the Bills, there's no way I'm going all in with all my picks on one team. So I'm starting to take a look at who could potentially be in the mix because we've gotten this far, so I'm starting to tighten things up a little bit. I'm, I'm less willing to take a chance. The first team that jumps out at me is the Bucks. Um, you know, obviously, when you look at that matchup with the Giants, I think they've had a tough slate so far. I think even without Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, this is their best matchup of the season for Tampa Bay. So I really like Tampa Bay there. But then when you look outside of Tampa Bay, I have some question marks. Do I feel comfortable betting the Eagles in this spot? Yes, I do, even though they've had you know some close matchups so far this season. How about the Packers? That's a divisional matchup against mm. the Vikings. I do feel comfortable backing the Packers, but do I split my picks? Am I going, you know, maybe a couple on the Bucks, maybe one on the Eagles, one on the Packers? So I'm still looking at it. Obviously, if you have the Chiefs, you're going to go all in with the Chiefs. That's an excellent spot. I burned all my picks on the Chiefs. In hindsight, I wish I still had them. But going into this week, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with the Bucks, And then I'm going to take a closer look at both the Packers and the Eagles because I think those are good spots. You know, I get, I get situational, you know, division games. You know, sometimes people want to stay away from them. But I, I feel pretty comfortable backing Aaron Rodgers and then um, not so much back in Carson Wentz, but betting against Danucci this week. So, Dom, Dom, I'm staring at Al's brother who picked Minnesota on overdrive. Not impressed with your selection. <laughs> so I guess um, you know the uh, the difference in opinion will have to be something we'll have to reconvene and discuss next Friday when you return here on the Edge. Thank you, my friend, for doing this. As always, have a great weekend and many successful wagers coming your way.
All right, and hey, nice, nice job with the pound of picks last week. I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys have this week. Oh, that's coming up next. Don Padula from TSN Edge here on the Edge on TSN 1050, and he's right. Pound the table, picks of the week. Myself, Al's brother, the grappler, next. You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik, giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. Hammering home conviction. Stop the hammering. It's the Pound the Table Picks of the Week. Where's the hammer? On the Edge with Aaron Karolnik. The word perfection cannot be thrown around too loosely. Let's bring the music down, house brother. Word perfection cannot be thrown around too loosely, but that is the only word that applies to what happened on this very program at this very time last week. 6-0 and for myself, Al's the Empty Suit Brother, and the grappler, Keith Bauer, who join me now here for our Pound the Table Picks of the Week. Let's welcome in the grappler first. Hey, Graps. What's going on, boys? Empty Suit. I like it. Yeah, Brian Hayes had some very pointed comments towards Al's brother. He should be thanking Al's brother. He's putting money in his pocket every single week. But we are going to put some money in the pockets of our listeners right now. When you go 6-0, and it's inevitable that you continue to win at a prodigious pace. And that's what we're going to do on our Pound the Table Picks of the Week. So, Grappler, why don't you lead us off with your two locks of the week? Absolutely. Let's get it. So, for my pet first Pound the Table Pick of the Week, I got the Bills at three and a half over the Patriots. Never in my life did I think I would actually take the Bills to cover the Patriots, but here we are. Uh, you know, Bill surviving against the Jets last week with that 18 to 10 disaster doesn't exactly instill a ton of confidence in me, but I do think this is their year to take the AFC East crown. Uh, finally playing a Patriots team without Tom Brady should be able to take advantage of getting an easy W this weekend. Uh, I still don't know what Cam Newton is with the Patriots. He looks uncomfortable, looks borderline scared. Now without Julian Edelman, without Nikhil Harry, uh, Unless he's able to run the ball for 200 yards, I don't know how they're going to be able to move down the field. Um, you know, you look at the Bills, both Jake Allen and Sean McDermott have had their struggles against Bill Belichick teams, but this isn't the Bills of a few years ago. The talent gap is very wide between both sides in favor of the Bills, obviously. But my key for this game, guys, it's not even just special teams, it's punters. They are going to play a big Ooh. role on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. The Bills punter, <laughs> Bills punter Corey Bojorges has been an animal this year when the Bills are in, in deep in their own end. He'll be able to pin the offense. Sorry, he'll be able to pin the Pats offense deep in their own end. The Bills are going to cover that game no problem. So that's game number one. Game number wow, two. That's that's insight you do not get anywhere else. Corey Bajorges breakdowns from the grappler. Go ahead. Whose name I didn't know until a couple weekends ago. So there you go. But uh, yeah, game two. I got the Titans at six over the Bengals, and this was a pretty easy one for me. Uh, I mean, Titans had a tough loss last week against the Steelers, uh, but that was kind of in a tough spot for them. I mean, the Steelers are the Steelers. Um, and it was also the third game in 12 days for the Titans following that whole COVID rescheduling disaster. So they should rebound this week. It's the Bengals who have a bright future, but not this season, not this weekend. Uh, the Bengals' biggest challenge is going to be stopping Derrick Henry, and their run D isn't even half bad, but they haven't faced a cal uh, running back of Derrick Henry's caliber so far this year. Tannehill looks great. A.J. Brown has been huge since returning from that knee injury a few weeks ago. And on the Bengals' side of things on offense, there is a lot to like. I mean, you've got Joe Burrow, strong true receivers, receivers and Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, and T. Higgins, combined with the, you know, ageless wonder in Gio Bernard, who's probably still going to be playing, you know, lo long after Frank Gore has retired. 
Um, and they're facing an <laughs> underwhelming Titans defense who's only been able to put up seven sacks on the season. But the Bengals' O-line is in shambles, potentially missing three starters, and they have given up a league-high 28 sacks so far on the year. Um, Going to be a high-scoring game. Wouldn't shock me, though, if the Titans put up 50 points on Sunday, and that's something I just don't see the Bengals 50. sniffing. 50-burger. And that is why I am rolling with them to, wow. win, rolling with them to win by a touchdown. All right, so the grappler on Tennessee minus six against the Bengals and the Bills minus three and a half against the Patriots. Al's brother, take it away, buddy. Before we get to that, I got ripped on national television because I factored in the wind, and this guy's saying that the punters is a big reason why the Bills are going to cover this week? Absolutely. We're not on national television yet. (laughs) We will be, but no, listen, a punter has a hell of a lot more impact on a game than the wind. Come on. 40 kilometers an hour. That's a, that's a, some strong winds. Strong winds there. All right, I'll get to my pound the table. Graps, you, you, Graps, you swing so hard in the uh, in the golf course, the wind has no effect on you. So you're probably just not cognizant of it. It doesn't exist in my world. <laughs> yeah. All exactly. right. Go, go ahead, uh, Osbro. So the disrespect that's being put on the Colts here with this line is incredible against the, the Detroit Lions. Detroit is just not a good team. They're, they're just not. Indy, they've had a couple of stinkers for sure, but they're still a playoff caliber team. They've got the second best defense in the league, and they'll be getting the maniac Darius Leonard back at linebacker this week. That guy is an absolute freak. He can rush. He can cover. He, cause he's a tackling machine. He'll be all over the field and will limit Detroit's offense greatly. As for Indy's offense, it matches up well against the Lions. The Colts want to run the ball. That's what they do, ground and pound. And how often do we see rookie running backs have a big game coming off of their bye week? Uh, quite often, I expect the same out of Jonathan Taylor. Detroit ranked the 26th against the run, so advantage Indy there. Plus, Detroit, they should have lost last week to Atlanta if it wasn't for that girly blunder. So, to me, this is a pretty favorable line for Indianapolis. I'm pounding the table on the road favorites. Colts minus two. Moving on to my second pick. I'm pounding the table for the Raiders. They're two-and-a-half-point dogs in Cleveland. A Vegas team who's beaten the Panthers, the Saints, and the Chiefs. Three teams who I presume to be better than the phony Browns. Odell's injury, I think, is going to be a bigger deal than some are making it seem, too. He's he's not putting up the, the godly numbers he put up when he was in New York. But he's a guy that, you know, teams got to kind of keep an eye on and, and play. He's a strong decoy in that Browns running attack, and, and it works its magic. And without him, I think it's going to have an effect on this offense. I like what Derek Carr has been doing this year. I got Aguilar playing in one of my fantasy leagues, so I need a big week out of him fantasy-wise. Uh, so <laughs> let's let's hope for that. And because of that, I'm taking the points here, Raiders plus 2.5. Okay, Al's brother is on the Colts minus two and a half and the Raiders plus two and a half. So you have their picks, and now you'll have mine. And I want to start with three names, gentlemen. Damian Airbird, Jacoby Myers, and Gunnar Olszewski. And no, those are not the top three wide receivers for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They are the top three wide receivers for the New England Patriots, an offense that has put up 13 or fewer in three straight games prior to this. Nikhil Harry is out. Julian Edelman is out. Two of their top cornerbacks could very well be out, if not hobbled. This is an easy, easy cakewalk for the Buffalo Bills. They hammer the Patriots. I'm taking them minus the three and a half points to take the Bills. And I think the days of Belichick and being synonymous with greatness may very well be over. Al's brother, you have a comment? Yeah, you're both on the Bills this week, and, and I'm I'm kind of on the fence on it. It's a really good and, and tough line, but does it scare you at all that they couldn't even score a touchdown against the Jets last week? Eh, I mean, sure, I, maybe I just, a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, it's listen, like I said, it didn't instill a ton of confidence in me, but I think that's just one week, 
And I don't know. I just I, I feel like a game against the Patriots is something the Bills are going to get up a whole lot more for than they would a game against the Jets, which they ultimately won anyways. So who cares if they only won by eight? All right, now you heard that was the grappler. A little bit of robotic voice there, Graps. I don't know what's going on with your internet there. You got to pay your bills. Make sure you're using Bell Internet. I know we get that employee discount. All right, so I'm on the Pats minus three and a half, as is the grappler, and I'm also on the Miami Dolphins. Tua Tungavailoa is a superior quarterback to Ryan Fitzpatrick today, and that's part of the reason why the Dolphins made the switch. Miami's giving four and a half points as the home underdog against the Rams, who are going cross country on a short week. And get this. Since the start of last season, quarterbacks making their first career starts 11-4 and against the spread. I think Tua keeps it very close, perhaps wins as an outright money line dog. So you might want to look at that. Miami plus 200, Miami plus 210, straight up on the money line. A very intriguing possibility if you're back in the Miami Dolphins, who will be in the thick of things in the AFC East, something that cannot be said about the New England Patriots. You heard from the Grappler. Graps, as always, we thank you for doing this on Friday evening. Now go crack open some Coors Lights, and we'll talk to you next Friday. (laughs) Sounds good, guys. Talk to you later. All right, that is the Grappler, Al's brother, Al's empty suit brother. Thank you very much, as always, my friend. Your hard work is much appreciated by myself and all of our listeners here on The Edge. We'll be back on Tuesday night, a special election night edition of The Edge, including perhaps a special guest who you know very well from first up. I'm Aaron Karolnik. You've been listening to The Edge here on TSN 1050.